Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Det här är Food Pharmacy-podden. We're rolling. We're rolling. Mm. Vad ska vi göra idag då? Nej, men jag tänker att vi måste ju skryta lite. Mm. Vi är ju så sjukt stolta. Skryter inte vi ofta? Jo, hela tiden. Jag älskar att skryta. Ja, jag med. Mm. Vi hade ju ett väldigt celebert besök igår. Mm. Och eh, det var ingen mindre än professor Robert Thomas. Robert Thomas. En UK, ja. Great Britain. En riktig brittisk gentleman. Oh dear. Yes. Han undervisar läkare i Cambridge. Han har satt upp ett statligt forskningscenter där man försöker sammanställa studier och forskning över livsstil, livsstilens betydelse för cancer. Mm. Han leder den här forskningscentret. Mm. Han har också vald till årets läkare och årets cancerläkare. I UK. Och han, han kom hit. Ja. Och vi hade så trevligt. Ja, han ville ju inte gå härifrån. Nej, jag vet. Vi hängde ju runt här med Maria och Johanna och alla. Det var härligt. Du, visst frågade han dig lite, en liten avstickare, men visst frågade han dig hur du ville bli, vad du, vad, vad du ville att han skulle kalla dig. How would you like me to address you? <laughs> well, please address me Dr. Lina. <laughs> and then I answered Lina. And he was like, oh, just Lina? <laughs> and I was like, I'm very informal. <laughs> yeah, we are quite informal in Sweden. <laughs> Och när han gick så gav jag honom en stor så här, svensk björnkram. Men sen kom jag på... <laughs> stor svensk coronakram. Ja, här måste jag bara informera om att detta avsnitt spelades in i början av mars. Och Lina hälsar att hon idag bara kramar sina barn och sin hund. Då vet ni. Jag kom på det sen. Ja. Att så här, nej men gud, han kanske undrar vem är den här mm. babuskan som bara <laughs> kastar sig runt halsen mitt i coronatiden. Ja, ja som inte har läst tidningen. <laughs> nej, precis. Hon sitter bara hemma och Charmig, läser. Charmig, men helt oallmänbildad. Hon sitter bara hemma och läser om äh, ja, gurkmeja. <laughs> <laughs> Exakt, det kanske är det du gör. Nej, jag... Gurkmeja på hjärnan. Ja, jag har faktiskt inte läst om gurkmeja på väldigt länge, men han lyfter fram gurkmeja flera gånger i sin bok som ett väldigt polyfenolrikt livsmedel. För Aha, det är ju det, det vi ska mm. leta efter. Mm. Polyfenoler. Precis. Men om du ändå ska hisspitchen på vad han sa, Lina, vad var essensen i det ni pratade om igår? Ja, men, ja, det var ju att eh, livsstilen har en, eh, att vi har en enorm möjlighet att faktiskt, som man säger på engelska är det väldigt bra, empower ourselves. Mm. Alltså ge oss själva större makt än vad vi kanske tror att mm. påverka vår hälsa. Mm. 
Och han berättar också att han under 20 år har talat sig varm om just gatt health, mm. maghälsa. Mm. Eftersom att han känner att det är liksom på något sätt grunden för hälsan. Intressant och lite av en pionjär då med andra ord. Inom ja, han sa health. att det är först nu som då det här har blivit allmänt accepterat. Han pratade också om likigatt som tills för alldeles nyligen var lite kontroversiellt mm. och lite ansågs som lite ovetenskapligt att ens ta i sin mun. Ja men det vet ju både du och jag Lina att eftersom vi har en, ett datum på när vi startade vårt företag och vår blogg, mm. det vill säga 2014, september 2014. Och sen då året innan när vi började läsa på och började förstå att tarmfloran hade en betydelse för vårt immunförsvar. Då var det ju för väldigt många helt okänd mark. Tarmflora var ett ord som du och jag aldrig hade tagit i vår mun. Jämför det läget med hur det skrivs om det, talas om det, diskuteras, forskas på det idag. Alltså jag tänker att när vi ändå har haft en sån eh, intressant och eh, liksom passionerad person här, alltså passionerad över vår hälsa, så tänker jag att ska vi inte lyssna på vad han sa om det lite grann? Jo, verkligen. Well, I've always been keen on uh, promoting gut health for 20 years, but I'm really pleased to see that the medical profession particularly oncology has now woken up to this and there's various conspiratory theories why this happened um, we know that if you have a poor gut health you're more likely to respond uh, badly to cancer treatments you're more likely to get side effects from chemotherapy side effects from radiotherapy um, more more recently uh, oncology's moved over to biological treatments These are called immunotherapies. And like, for example, 10 years ago, I would say um, 80% of my patients are on chemotherapy. I would say it's now down to about 15%. The rest are on these biological treatments, which the scientific community has done really well to develop. They're amazing new drugs. And what they tend to do is they uh, uncloak a cancer cell so that your own immunity can recognize it and kill it. And let's face it, the immunity kills thousands of cells a day anyway. But when a cancer's formed a, a, a mass, it's harder for it. So, and it would have developed mechanisms to hide from the immunity. So, in other words, all these drugs are doing it is telling yourself to kill the cancer. Now, if yourself is in a poor condition, in other words, you have poor gut health, or you have a, a, a bad diet, uh, and you have lots of other carcinogens, you are not able to interact with these drugs and kill your cancer. Now, that's not just my opinion. There are now reports coming out from institutes like Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York or MD Anderson showing that there is a 40% improved response rate from these new biologicals if you have improved gut health. That so, is really high. <laughs> exactly. And these, these are, well, that's great for us, mm. humanity. It's also great for the drug companies. Because if you think about it, these drugs are over 100,000 pounds or 150,000 euros a year. Mm. So if they're getting a 40% increased response rate, their share price is going to yeah. go through the roof. So suddenly they're promoting uh, in conferences, maybe 10 years ago, I was talking about gut health and 
behind the pillar with two people in the audience. Mm. You talk about gut health now and it's a packed mm. audience mm. all trying to find out how we can improve the gut health of our patients. To such an extent, we're now thinking about prehabilitation programs. So before giving these drugs, they go off to, uh, they go to listen to your, your podcast mm. and they look at your, your book mm. and they eat those foods to improve the gut health. And then they have the treatments, which is more likely to respond and get less toxicity. Mm. That's wonderful because in that way you could combine. I mean, you often when uh, I read about, about pharma, big pharma and food, it's they felt it felt like they've been far away from each other. But this is actually a way where where uh, you can see the the benefit from from one and another. Absolutely, that's really good. Men du var intressant, Lina, att han började prata med dig och berätta om goda och onda bakterier. Sa du till honom att vi kallar de goda bakterierna för våra Luke Skywalkers? Nej, jag gjorde inte det, men han fick med sig vår bok eh, på engelska. <laughs> ja, var det så klokt? <laughs> ja. Jag kommer att tro att du är ännu mer galen efter att Nej, men han refererade till vår recept, våra recept hela tiden och sa att det är precis den här typen av mat oh, som ni ger recept på i er bok, er blogg som vi mår bra av att äta mer av. Ja, bra. Polyphenolrika, fiberrika, naturlig växtbaserad mat framförallt. Ja. Han pratade också apropå växtbaserad mat så kom vi faktiskt in på kött. Mm. Och han pratade en del om hur man skulle kombinera olika livsmedel. Och eh, så jag tänkte att vi kan lyssna på när han pratar om kött. Hur man faktiskt kan Vi vet ju att vi kan äta bra kött och vi kan äta dåligt kött. Mm. Och, men om vi utgår från att vi väljer ett bra kött, mm. då så är det lite ja, intressant hur vi väljer att kombinera den här köttbiten med annan mat. Wow, intressant. Luta mig tillbaka och lyssna. So it's very important when you consider a meal, uh, which even with the best will in the world, we'll have some bad things and some good things, but obviously it's the balance to good things. So, for example, if you eat meat, you will have nitrates included, and those nitrates are in, um, metabolized into nitroso compounds. Now, nitroso compounds are very carcinogenic. However, if you eat meat with lots of uh, fruit and vegetables, particularly vegetables, they contain polyphenols and vitamin C, which actually converts the nitrate into nitric oxide, which is actually healthy. It causes peripheral dilation of blood vessels, so it lowers your blood pressure. And um, it, it's supposed to improve brain function and sports performance and, and many things. That's why people eat nitrate-rich foods for, to improve sport performance, for example. Mm. So, it's, um, so on the other hand, if you have a big plate of meat and you eat it with, say, chips... Or, or a burger fries or a burger bread with, with no um, natural antidote you're just getting all the um, negative part mm. so it's about combining foods is the most important but i would as a general rule every meal should have something colorful fresh um, preferably raw where the polyphenols and the phytochemicals which protect us are there in greater quantities jag tycker det är intressant Det han pratar om att när vi väljer polyphenolrik mat så ska vi försöka välja ur olika familjer. Så att vi kanske inte då kombinerar gurkmeja och ingefära. Det är klart att vi kan göra det. Det gör jag ofta. Jag jag passar på att hacka det samtidigt. Men att vi då inte ska glömma i alla fall att kombinera med andra livsmedel ur polyphenol. Och det här är ju intressant eftersom vi ofta pratar om att variation är så viktigt. 
Ja, vi pratar om att variera 30 olika livsmedel i veckan om möjligt. Men det här är ju någonting nytt till det. Att man då ska jobba med olika familjer. Ja, Ja, men verkligen. Och det är väl lite det här med regnbågsmat som vi har pratat om. Mm. Att färgerna i olika frukt- och grönsaker representerar då olika familjer Precis. av polyphenolerik mat helt enkelt. Så... So. Many people have a belief that a person who suffers from cancer should put all the effort to focus on treatment and live just as normal. I read that you said nothing could be more wrong. Mm. Well, we've just talked about gut health. Mm. So if uh, my advice for anyone just diagnosed with cancer is try to improve your gut health as much as possible. Um, on top of that, we know from lots of data now, this is, this is established data, um, that if you exercise three hours a week, at least after most cancers, particularly breast, bowel and prostate, you have a better chance of responding to treatments. You're less likely to get toxicities such as fatigue, Um, weight gain, diabetes, heart attacks. But you have a 30 to 40% reduced chance of your cancer relapsing mm. after initial treatments. The same applies to what we call polyphenol-rich foods. Mm. Now, these are um, natural chemicals in food which give it its color, its taste and its smell. And I've just looked at your book and basically every every ingredient has, has a, is polyphenol-rich. And these foods have enormous benefits. They, they promote gut health because they act as prebiotics to feed the healthy bacteria. They reduce inflammation and improve immunity, mm. uh, as well as lots of other benefits. So, uh, and, and it's known that, uh, that if you eat these foods after cancer, you also have a 30 to 40% reduction in the risk of cancer coming back. So there's several things you can do which will significantly improve your outcomes. So is it, I mean, would you recommend this? Uh, uh, you're talking about uh, food rich in polyphenols and antioxidants. Would you recommend the same food if someone wants to prevent getting cancer in the first way? Is it the same food you would uh, recommend? Yes, pretty pretty much so that, uh, you know, that healthy food is healthy food at any part of the pathway. So it's preventing cancer, it's improving your tolerance to treatments, and it's reducing the risk of um, cancer coming back. And it mustn't be forgotten that um, many of the toxicity of cancer treatments are things people get every day anyway, such as diabetes, heart attack, stroke, cognitive disorders, dementia. Mm. And these are more common after cancer treatments. So it's even more important to concentrate on your health to avoid other illnesses. Mm. Men du, jag sitter ju här med hans bok under nästippen mm. framför mig. Och han lyfter ju broccoli vid flera tillfällen. Han mm. verkar ju vara lite av en fan av broccoli. Mm. Ska vi, prata ni någonting om det? Absolut, vi kan lyssna här på vad han sa om broccoli faktiskt. You mentioned before a few foodstuffs like broccoli, mm. turmeric, pomegranate, and uh, would you regard these as uh, like natural superfoods? Yeah, the word superfood uh, really relates to foods which have got high levels of 
polyphenols and phytochemicals, which have health benefits, which apply to many foods, even common foods like apples and bananas and things. But um, some have more than others, and some have a, a certain type of polyphenol. So uh, broccoli, for example, has uh, uh, indole-3-carbonyl and sulforaphane, which are particularly good for uh, I think a process called epigenetics. So they promote the genes which uh, fight cancer. They reduce chronic inflammation. So the, those are the two, and they improve gut health because they act as prebiotics and they've got fiber and vitamins and minerals in as well. So they, they're pretty super, you know, they are mm. pretty good for you. Um, and the same price for turmeric, which has anti-inflammatory properties, tea, um, pomegranate is, is, is got uh, tannins. So all those foods, certainly they were the ingredients of, of pommy tea for the trial. That's why we picked them. But anything within that category is, is, is beneficial. And t- just to stress again, these are not direct antioxidants. They promote the antioxidant pathway and make it more efficient. Mm. And they reduce inflammation improve gut health. They actually also slow the transfer of sugar across the gut wall. So if you have something sugary, but you've eaten it with these foods, you get a less effect of the sugar. It slows the glycemic index. So, you know, there's, we could talk for, you know, five hours on the benefits of polyphenol-rich mm. foods. They are amazing. They're a gift from nature to us. Oh, hörde jag ordet turmeric? Gjorde yeah. det? Han tog upp gurkmeja. Kul. <laughs> ja, men han, han tog upp det flera gånger. Men det jag tänker på när jag hör det här är ju... Eh, jag kommer ihåg första gången vi kom i kontakt med vår numera vän Ann Färnholm. Men även Jeskrebent här på vår blogg. Så eh, läste jag en text hon hade skrivit på Kostfonden. Där hon sa, eh, tänk om man kunde ta patent på broccoli. Mm, just det. Vad mycket forskning det hade funnits på broccoli då. Och det här kom ju då även professor Thomas in på att problemet som vi alla vet är ju att det finns inget ekonomiskt incitament för någon grupp Nej. att pumpa in de resurserna som, att, som det krävs för att göra välgjorda studier Nej. i mat. Mm. Och det återkommer till att det är därför det här statliga forskningscentret som han är ledare inför är så otroligt viktigt. För han har nämligen gjort en av de största studierna någonsin mm. på ett supplement, alltså ett tillskott mm. av då extrakt, alltså polyfenoler från, från växter, en mm. blandning av polyfenoler. Mm. Och han vann, de vann pris för en av de tio bästa designade studierna det här året. Och blev inbjudna till en stor läkarkonferens. Där det bara är liksom läkemedel i princip. Så det var helt unikt att de lyfte. Så att de kunde göra en sån otroligt bra studie. Och just den studien var ju då på prostatacancer. Och där man då såg hur gruppen som hade fått det här tillskottet hade inte bara... Det var prostatacancerpatienter i ett tidigt skede. Vet du vad? Vi lyssnar på när han berättar det själv. Nej, men verkligen. <laughs> Inte för att du på något sätt återberättar det dåligt. Men jag gillar den där brittiska klangen. Ja, men. But if we talk about uh, polyphenols, because uh, that is uh, what we get a lot from by eating fruit and vegetables. Yeah. And also talking about supplements. Your team is well known for a study I read mm. about. P-O-M-I. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and this study is uh, 
it's unique in a way because it's a, it's a big, quite big study mm. and it's on uh, on a supplement and it's very hard to uh, to find finance for these kind of mm. studies. Mm. So could you tell us about what you found in this uh, because it was about polyphenols. Yes. Yeah, so, um, well, we, do, we first of all, we looked at our, asked our patients if they were taking supplements and about 80% were. Mm. Um, we then looked at what they were taking and about half of them were taking things which might have even done harm, such as vitamin A or vitamin E supplements or chemicals removed. So any, any supplement which contains a chemical which is removed from food and mm. concentrated has not been shown to be beneficial. Mm. So we then formed a, gov- oh, it was a government committee, actually. We formed a scientific group and said, well, let's have a look at different foods and see which ones are most likely to have an anti-cancer effect. And we came down, I mean, lots are. I mean, in your cookbook, nearly every page has got foods which have anti-cancer effects. But mm. within a study, we have to quantify it. So obviously, it's easier to put it into a whole food supplement. Mm. Um, we're not saying you should take that instead of a, a, a good diet, but it's often a way to boost the intake of those foods, particularly, say, first thing in the morning and lunchtime. Because in the UK, for example, it's, it's not common to start the day with polyphenol-rich foods such as turmeric, green tea, broccoli, pomegranates. Um, so we first of all, we determined the evidence from animal studies and from um, cell line studies and, and limited clinical studies and that those four foods seem to meet the best criteria. It's also important to combine food from different food sources. So there's no point in taking, say, ginger and turmeric um, because they're actually from the same family and they're the same, more or less the same polyphenols. So we wanted polyphenols from different groups. So you have a broad spectrum which attacks different parts of the cancer pathway. So that was the hypothesis to see if we can boost the diet with a a simple whole food supplement, which didn't have direct antioxidant properties. uh, And therefore, we just conducted a trial called a double-blind randomized study where half the people took the supplement and half had a placebo, Mm. um, which is the most robust uh, trial you can design. It was government-funded and government-audited, so that's also made it very different. So there was no commercial backing to it. Um, and we were very pleased to see that after six months, there was a very significant difference in the rate of progression of prostate cancer. I didn't mention all these men had early prostate cancer in this trial. Uh, and that we presented that in, uh, in ASCO, in the world's largest cancer conference. So there was no resistance from the medical profession, actually. This is a, a very much a, a drug a conference, and, and we were uh, invited to present as one of the 10 best studies for that year. So there was a lot of interest in it. Yeah, Yeah. we were very pleased about that. So I think the the medical profession is open-minded about nutrition. Mm. The problem is, it's very rare that a nutritional study is is evaluated in that strict, robust format. So so they would believe the data. Mm. And then from then, we had to do a sub-study because people said it may have just affected the PSA. We did a study to show it did actually affect the underlying size of the tumour. So on MRI scans. Mm. Um, so we, we were delighted for that. From then, um, although that was a non-commercial, it has gone on and, and it's now made uh, over, all over the world and, and people have a choice of taking it, mm. um, which, um, as I say, works for some people if their diet isn't perfect mm. and others if they maybe just want a, an extra boost. Mm. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mm. Ja, men det där var ju också väldigt intressant, måste jag säga. Jag tycker generellt det här med, det är en läkare, en norsk läkare, som jag faktiskt tänker att vi ska leta upp och intervjua. Leta upp. Låt ja. som att det inte finns. Ja, men... Låt som att internet inte finns. <laughs> vi ska <laughs> åka dit fysiskt och läst... leta upp honom. Jag läste en artikel om honom. Mm. Han drabbades av en väldigt allvarlig cancer. Mm-hmm. Och det som var så intressant när jag läste den här artikeln. Det var att, för jag kan leva mig in i att få en, liksom, en allvarlig sjukdom mm-hmm. och att eh, vilja liksom, se vad man själv kan göra. Mm. Jag hade haft väldigt svårt att inte göra det men då så i artikeln så skriver han så här I en idealvärld följer vi, vi bara evidensbaserade råd mm. men det finns för få systematiska kunskapöversikter om mat och cancer. Mm. Det finns dock tiotusentals mindre studier om kostens effekt på cancerceller. Mm. Jag kunde inte bortse från dessa bara för att forskningen inte ingick i metaanalyser. Nej. Och det förstår man ju. Det är ju helt 100%. irrelevant när man mm. ligger där. Jag bestämde mig för en regel jag skulle leva efter. Om jag hittar studier som övertygande pekar på en effektiv åtgärd, testar jag det. Om det inte blir skadligt eller dyrt. Och här har vi någon lite liksom pricken över iet. Mm. Så länge det inte skadar oss. Mm. Eller att vi inte har råd att göra det. Mm. Så har man ju ingenting och att förlora, förlora mm. på att äta mer hälsosam mat. Nej. Precis. Och sen då så har han valt ut de här tio nycklarna han såg i studierna. Okej, okay, men eh, har du någon nyckel du har lust att dela med dig av? Ja, jag, jag tycker att socker är ju i ropet titt som tätt. Mm. Och eh, han har faktiskt valt ut minska ner på intag av socker och stärkelse. Mm-hmm. Intressant socker där igen. Det måste ju du ha pratat med Sir Thomas om också. Professor Thomas. Oh, sorry. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon, Professor Thomas. Of course, won't, won't happen again. But please tell me about your view on sugar, sugary foods. We talked about the dessert and you said, I don't have sugar. So this is uh, something I would like to uh, 
discuss a little bit because in your book you write that uh, it's good to avoid sugar mm. and uh, at least in Sweden it has been a big debate where I mean sugar is to me it's pretty clear that sugar mm. it's not it, we don't need sugar, refined sugar mm. but uh, why would you say we should avoid sugar when it comes to cancer risks? Yes, I mean, it's a good point. Sugar is not an essential nutrient. It didn't exist in the human diet till probably 100 years ago. Um, and it always fascinates me um, that dietitians within hospital who I work with uh, seem to think it's perfectly okay to advise sugar for patients. But the tide is turning. There is more and more evidence coming from large studies. I've just conducted one uh, on a, a database with 155,000 people, wow. which were followed for 20 years. And we ask questions about their diet. You know, do you eat polyphenol-rich foods? Do you smoke? Do you exercise? Do you have processed sugar? And it was, you know, barn door that people who had sugar had an increased risk of cancer. There's, um, and there's various mechanisms for this. We know that process, people who eat processed sugar, not in fruit and vegetables, that's completely different, but processed sugar or refined carbohydrates have an increased risk of diabetes, Mm. Uh, diabetes is strongly linked to an increased risk of cancer. Mm. And the mechanism behind processed sugar is, it, well, it, it, again, the list is as long as your arm, but the, the salient points are, first of all, they're absorbed very quickly. Your, your um, insulin levels go up, then drop quite quickly because um, the, sugar then, uh, the sugar then levels drop. You feel hungry again. So it actually encourages you to eat more. Mm. So not only is sugar, it's got a lot of calories, you're hungry an hour later and you, you eat again. Mm. If you start the day, for example, and I've not so, a couple of years ago, I changed to making sure there's absolutely zero sugar for breakfast, just, just, just um, fruit and mm. other things. Um, you don't get hungry halfway through the morning. You can go all the way through to the, you know, one, two o'clock. So you've had a period of, of fasting effectively, mm. comfortable because you're not getting hungry. Um, so you don't need it. Uh, secondly, we know that sugar feeds the bad bacteria in the gut. There's two, simply put, there's two uh, types of bacteria, good and bad. The good bacteria improve gut health, improve gut integrity, stop leaky gut syndrome, which allows toxins to enter your body, which increases inflammation. Sugar feeds the bad bacteria, which displaces the good bacteria, causes inflammation in the gut wall, causes the gut wall to get thin, we're more likely to get IBS, food intolerances. We absorb the toxins of food very quickly. That creates inflammation in your body. And it's thought to be one of the theories why we, people get type 1 diabetes, because these toxins swelling around your blood, the body's constantly trying to fight them, and our immunity's uh, raised, and it, it hits other things. It's hitting those toxins, but it's hitting our joints, hitting our brains, hitting our pancreas. Mm. So, you know, sugar is <laughs> the evil of many diseases. Mm. Uh, we also know that it, it creates uh, an inflammatory reaction so that when it's absorbed, uh, the body, for some reason, thinks it's had a big meal. And it, just through nature, it creates this, these inflammatory markers. And I, I, in the book, I've described the biochemical reasons behind that. Now, there's a quirk of nature that if you have inappropriate high inflammation, that drives tumor cells. It reduces DNA repair and it encourages tumor cells to grow faster and spread and form roots and form metastases. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I can go on and on and on. Um, 
And, and the evidence is becoming clearer. I think people who stand up and say sugar's not as bad as, as it is haven't read the data. It's mm. coming through biochemically, it's obvious, and clinically, it's obvious. Mm. Uh, I, I sat exactly here at this table uh, with the Minister for Public Health in Sweden and I interviewed her and I asked if Sweden shouldn't put a tax on sugary drinks as you've done in uh, Great Britain. And uh, she actually didn't believe in that, mm. even though we see now uh, the effect in uh, UK, also in Chile, what happens. Mm. Um, do you think that we should impose a tax on sugar to uh, uh, to try to get people to avoid having as much as we have? Yes, as long as that money is used to promote healthy foods, not just a tax yeah. so they can buy more missiles or something. No. <laughs> I mean, I was in Lithuania recently uh, with the Minister of Health to, to, to support him putting a sugar tax. Beca- he became very unpopular, I have to say. Mm-hmm. But come on, on a hot summer's day, you go into a shop and a fizzy sugary drink is, you know, um, is, is half a euro mm. and a, a bottle of water is 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 two euros. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's so <laughs> crazy. It should be the other way around. Yeah. Um, and also it gives a signal to people that sugar is bad. I mm. mean, you, you might laugh at an experiment we did in our cancer unit where um, grateful patients are always donating sweets and chocolates to the nurses. So the nurses station is full of them. So I made myself very unpopular by banning sugar mm. just in the 60, in our unit, which has 60 staff for a period of three months. Mm. And we then measured uh, weight mm. and we measured happiness score. And we measured absenteeism. All three improved when we replaced sugar. And we added nuts and fruit and veg instead so they could eat on something. The main reason was it wasn't in their field of vision. Mm. They could, If they're feeling hungry, they reach out to a nut or an apple or something rather than a biscuit or, or say. So that was a, a very small move, a very small change in behavior. It might actually have a very significant impact across the NHS, which has a problem with obesity and diabetes and absenteeism. But it also gave a signal to the patients when they came in. They thought, well, hang on, there's something wrong with this sugar. And then they think about their own diet. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I strongly believe a tax is one way um, which will alert patients, sorry, the population of the harm of sugar. In monetary terms, it it doesn't really make a lot of difference because it's a few a few euros you know, on a shopping once a week. It doesn't mm. really affect many people, but it's the signal it gives them mm. that sugar is harmful. Mm. I, I totally agree. I read in, in your book that uh, there was a study made on people who had two soft drinks a week and how actually this increased the risk of uh, getting sick. And I was amazed because mm. I don't remember the percentage here now, but I, I recall it was uh, quite high. Mm. Higher than I thought. And I think that um, uh, average people today, it's quite common to have at least two soft mm. drinks in a week. Yes, it, it, these these studies are cohort studies. So they're based on questionnaires. So you, it's very difficult to have the exact figure. And mm. when, when it's published, you say two or three. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it is more, it's more harmful. And don't forget, you're doing this habit all your life from from a child mm. to adulthood of taking something which your body perceives as dangerous um i haven't mentioned cholesterol levels actually mm. sugars 
more responsible for high cholesterol than than fats. Mm. Yeah, everyone, the public health message is to reduce fats, mm. not to reduce sugar. The last three large studies from uh, the American actually all showed it was the sugar driving the cholesterol level. Mm. So, um, um, yeah, it, it's it's we eat a lot of it over a long period of time. Mm. I also think it's combining. We talked about combining before, mm. um, and when you have the sugar. Um, if you, for example, have had lunch and you've got, you know, nice healthy lunch, which you're promoting and you fancy something a little bit sweet afterwards, well, your stomach's already digesting the food, adding a little bit of processed sugar. I'm not saying it's good, but the impact is quite small. Mm. But if you're halfway through the morning and feeling hungry, there's nothing much in your stomach and then you have a fizzy drink or a cake, that sugar was, will have a much higher impact on the biochemistry of your body. So it's when you have the sugar. So uh, what would you say about artificial sweeteners? Oh, as I say, we have many debates about, you know, what should, what is harmful, what isn't harmful. Whole fruits do have sugar. It's about 10% as opposed to 100% in sugar itself. Uh, and don't forget, whole fruits have polyphenols, which reduce the Um, uh, the transfer of sugar across the gut wall, reducing the glycemic index and have their own benefits. So whole fruits is fine. Honey is still very, very high in fructose. Again, if you're going to have it, have it after the meal. People then talk about artificial sweeteners. And, you know, at first sight, you think, well, there was no real direct correlation with cancer with them. That was overstated as a risk. Um, And... I mean, my initial thought was, yeah, well, that you know, maybe if they can't stop sugar, that's better than than sugar. Unfortunately, there's been a, a series of trials published last year, which shows that they um, they damaged gut health. Mm. So uh, they're not good for gut health, um, and we know that gut health is really important. So I'm afraid uh, they're not a healthy alternative. So uh, I, I don't know what you do when you want to have something sweet, but to me it's very easy if you bake something or do something at home to sweet with just uh, a sweet fruit or something. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be to be honest, that your your uh, your taste buds change. It mm. changes from salt. Mm. Um, uh, many people have reduced salt, and, and after a while, you don't notice it. In fact, you find food's quite offensive if you've had. The same thing applies to sugar. If you, as you say, use use bananas or or whole fruits, you like that. And suddenly you're offered a cake mm. packed full of sugar. You, you don't like the taste. No. So um, it's a, it, yeah, it, it's, that's why the government really needs to step in and say, look, cut sugar in everything mm. and make it more expensive. Mm. And the population will get used to it. Mm. In fact, they will, they will then not like sugar. Mm. And I mean, at the same time they do that, Why don't, since uh, in in Europe we have two little vegetables and fruit, so why don't take away the VAT on uh, fresh fruit and vegetables, maybe to stimulate people to buy more of that? It's it's very hard. Um, I teach in Cambridge University in the public health department. It's very hard to change behaviour for a population. Mm. Um It's easier, actually, if someone's been diagnosed with a, with cancer or another illness because they have a thing called a teachable moment, and that's they're more likely to change. Um, but there's a whole um, psychology be- be- between um, you know trying to change national behaviour. One element is price. Mm. Um, you know, as you say, healthy fruit should be should be cheaper mm. than unhealthy foods. Um, but it's you know education. Um, it's 
been seen as macho. I remember, remember when smoking used to be seen as macho and mm. I, I think that message is gone. You mean the, also the image, to create image, uh, good images, healthy as yeah. a good image yeah. and non-healthy as a bad image. Yeah, because, you know, even in films, in you see people eating burgers and smoking, even this day and age, uh, mm. and they look, they're rather cool, you know, they don't care about things. And you see people who are not, who look after themselves healthy, being seen as slightly wimpy and uh, less mm. cool, you know, that, mm. that we, you know, that needs to be changed because mm. it's not, it is cool to be healthy. It's cool to be able to go for a run as as long as you want, you know, and feel yeah, hit and not cool. be in and out of hospital on a, on a drip. So, you mm. know, that's not cool. No. <laughs> jag tyckte det var intressant att höra vad han sa om socker. Och eh, jag själv har ju eh, uteslutit socker. Det hände då och då liksom att jag äter socker. Jag är inte fundamentalist eller eh, nolltolerans. Men det bästa med socker är ju precis som eh, professor Thomas säger, det är att du ändrar dina smaklökar. Mm. Det stämmer verkligen. Med vänliga hälsningar, två före detta sockerottor. Det går att bli av med det där akuta, barnsinniga sockersuget. Vi mm. har ju lyckats. Men som sagt, man drabbas ju då och då. Mm. Men, Men det då där konstanta jag... sockersuget som vi levde med dygnet runt. Sån jäkla slav under socker var jag under mm. 35 år. Mm. Och det är jag inte längre. Nej, och då tänker jag så här att... Det som framför allt känns skönt, det är ju att eh, när jag äter någonting som jag känner liksom bara är socker. Säg att jag hade ätit en vanlig sockerkaka mm. med Nutella eller inte något sött. Nej, men då blir det ju för sött. Ja. Och det är skönt att kroppen känner det själv. Nej, men det här var för jag sött. Jag ett att man inte tycker det är gott längre. Ja. Det känns som att man fått en mer vuxen smak på något sätt. Mm. Men två också att när man äter sött, att man faktiskt inte, eller jag man ska inte säga, jag vill inte ha lika mycket längre. Jag har plötsligt en gräns mm. som jag inte hade tidigare. Nej. Förut kunde jag, jag tillhör dem som har klämt såna här, en egen hägendas eh, glass, liksom, alltså ja, en paket. Alltså, det pratade vi om en förra veckan. <laughs> en och en halv, två. Nej, men så här, jag har verkligen inte haft någon gräns. Eh, inte ens liksom börjat må illa. Men nu känner jag, nu kommer jag liksom aldrig till den gränsen att jag ens börjar må illa. Utan jag, jag är nöjd efter några bitar. Med vänlig hälsning Mia, 43, mogen kvinna. Men du Lina, nu visst är det så att vi också kommer att släppa den här intervjun i sin helhet. Ja, och det är ju så att vi håller på att ta fram en engelsk podcastserie. Har vi berättat det? Ja, det har vi. Ja, och den här kommer ju ingå, eh, den här intervjun kommer ingå som en av flera i den engelska podcastserien. Och den engelska podcastserien kommer ju vara lite annorlunda än den här svenska. Mm. Eh, där vi sitter ofta och pratar med varandra själva. På engelska kommer vi bara att intervjua olika läkare och professorer. Och... Med lite försnack och eftersnack från oss förstås. Men eh, fokus på intervjuer. Och jag ska bara säga det att detta... Det betyder ju inte alls att vi kommer lägga ner den svenska podden. Utan det kommer ytterligare en podd. Mm. Så um, håll till godo. Ja, hoppas ni gillade det här. Ja. Men då önskar vi er välkomna tillbaka nästa vecka. Och framförallt, ha en fin vecka. Ha en jättefin vecka. Puss på er. Puss. 
Du har lyssnat på Food Pharmacy-podden med Lina Nertby och Mia Klase. Och jag heter Sebastian Ring och står för musik och klippning. Och vi hade ju celebert besök av professor Robert Thomas som kommer att bli gästskribent hos oss. Vilket vi är oerhört stolta över. Så då kommer ni få chans att veta mer om allt spännande han håller på med. Och det är alltså på foodpharmacy.se och på Instagram kan ni också hitta oss under namnet food_pharmacy. Tack för denna gång. Hej. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.